Well, welcome, Bruce. I'm so glad you're here with us at Convene. And uh, Bruce is the president of the Dingman Company. Uh, he's not a fan of me saying, but I'm going to say anyway, that apparently Business Week says you are one of the 100 most influential recruiters in the world. And uh, Bruce has worked uh, 15 years in the hotel and food service business. He's hired CEOs, CFOs, chief marketing officers. Who haven't you hired? And uh, placed people in airlines, Fortune 100 jobs. So your license plate says something interesting. Tell us about your license plate <laughs> and what that means to what you do for companies around the world. First of all, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Five-star Sherpa. Uh, a Sherpa is the Nepalese guide that takes... Uh, um, people that want to climb to the mountaintop experience of a lifetime takes them along a dangerous path they've never gone before, and he makes sure that they don't have any major missteps. Mm. And that's what we do with our clients when they need to fill a senior-level position. Mm. It may not be the, the top of Mount Everest, but it certainly is a mountaintop experience when wow. it's done right. Mm. And there's a lot of missteps along the way to a great hire, is there not? Yes, there can be. I was uh, looking up some verses in the Bible this morning as uh, I was thinking about our time together. Proverbs 26.10, I have never seen this verse before, says, Like an archer who wounds everyone, so is he who hires those who just pass by. Yes, in fact, uh, you know, in a sense, when you do a hiring and then you're the supervisor, you play God with people's lives because you determine if they're going to be in a position that they're going to be good at, probably if they're going to be happy, and probably what's going to be happening with their career. It affects their family. Hmm. And so, yes, it's a very important responsibility to hire well. Hmm. Well, let's talk about, let's talk to the CEO who's out there. They may or may not hire an executive search firm, but you have interviewed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people and you probably can save everybody a lot of grief. How about if we talk about some of the most important things that you can do when hiring a senior executive? What would some of those be? Um, first of all, I would say make sure that uh, you understand what is attractive about your company and about the position, that you understand the, the value proposition of somebody joining your organization. Hmm. And sometimes it's getting input from others so that you understand that. And then instead of just placing a little ad, create a document that's going to attract people. So you talk about your, your company, you talk about the position, you talk about what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So you need to create this marketing document. We call them an opportunity profile, mm -hmm. but it can get more people interested. And it's not unusual for a prospective candidate to then give the document to their spouse and their spouse says, oh, that sounds like you, or mm. sounds like a good mm. company or something. And now you're started down a, a positive road about getting people interested. Mm. So don't write boring job descriptions and hope somebody's going to apply. Right. You need to put a little bit of effort into it and, and think marketing. That is not a, a word from the devil. That's an effective management tool. Yeah, yeah. Great. So what else? I would say also uh, get your team involved. Don't let it be just your decision. If you've got a group of good leaders on your team, ask them to help you with the interviewing in a group session. Don't do it in one-on-ones because you'll find that oftentimes uh, the person who's in charge of marketing will just be looking through the marketing eyes as they look at this 
the CFO mm -hmm. or whatever the position is, but do it in a group session because they will come up with better thinking as a group than if they each mm -hmm. end of individually interview the candidate but get their input and help that to shape what your decision is even though you're still making the decision right so there's a thought right there that getting your team to speak into a profile as you call it an opportunity profile is important how about no i'm talking about the actual interview of candidates Father that there's Donald. a group right a group interview so you're a fan of group interviews yes i am mm -hmm. another aspect is there's a lot of work that goes into finding good candidates. Uh, we did a study and found that on the typical search, we put in between 1,200 and 2,000 man hours oh on a search. Now, we know that most executives, when they're searching for something, they're already busy. They don't have those resources. They're not going to be able to put in that sort of time. But the yeah. point is, it needs to have an investment of time that's a valuable thing mm -hmm. that you're working on. So. You need to invest enough time, and then you want to make sure that you get a good assortment of candidates, hmm. not just one. Hmm. I remember a time uh, when I was being actually recruited for a position, and I got a binder, shows you how long ago that was, a binder in the mail that said, on the front of the binder, it said, prepared especially for Greg Leith. And I kind of thought, wow, I have never heard of anybody doing a binder prepared especially for me it made me feel like they really wanted me to take the job as opposed to yeah I'll send you a job description yes so. and one of the things not to do is don't ask people to send a resume a salary history and references because because that's so superficial you need to spend some time to get to know them to have the resume is fine but references are a perishable commodity, and you don't want to be asking for those up front. Mm -hmm. uh, that's almost like going on the first date and saying, how many kids do you want to have? It's mm -hmm. a little premature. Mm -hmm. But it's so common, isn't it, to say, send me your resume, send me your references. Mm -hmm. It is very common, and when you're talking about a senior-level position, it's just tacky, inappropriate. Mm -hmm. How about the famous letters of reference at the right time. Is this a good idea or a bad idea? I don't believe they're worth the paper they're printed on. Okay. I've never seen a bad letter of reference. Huh. And I really think that being able to call references and talk to them and to ask them specific questions is really the more important way to do it. And talk to references in a 360-degree manner mm -hmm. if you can. Mm -hmm and even talk to references from references. When you talk to one reference, depending upon the confidentiality of the person's position, mm -hmm. you say, well, who else could I talk to that could tell me about Joe Blow? Mm -hmm. And then you, you will get more information that can be really helpful. But the most important references really are the subordinates. Huh. Because somebody may be able to manage up well, and their boss really doesn't know what they're like where the rubber meets the road, but they can't fake it with a subordinate. There you go. Well, I think the average person, the average leader in the country today who's doing hiring feels fearful that all they can say is, did he or she work there from when to when? But there's actually more that can happen legally, is there not? Yes, but there's a way to get around this. When you're talking about great candidates, people will tend to be very open. Mm -hmm. When you're talking about good candidates or less than that, then they're going to be more guarded. Hmm. And their company may say, you're not allowed to, 
talk to anybody other than to say, what was their position? When did they work here? Mm -hmm. So you can ask uh, for references with their home phone numbers and talk to them at home, and you may be able to get them to give you more information than if you were calling them at work. Mm -hmm. But if they're a great candidate, they want to talk about this person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How about um, any other things that you'd say, we mostly don't do this, but if we did, it would increase our chances of a great hire. One of the things that you just mentioned is an important part, and that is courting the candidate. You need to make them feel wanted and appreciated. And one of the things I encourage is uh, invite the candidate and spouse to come and have dinner with you and your spouse. Hmm. And, and let's assume you're a guy, because most of the convened members are guys. Mm -hmm. but. When your wife gives you some input on regards to the candidate, even if she cannot give you the, the business reasons, she typically is going to be very intuitive, more so than us guys tend to be. Mm -hmm. Listen mm -hmm. to her. Yeah. And, and, and if she really nixes the person, th then don't hire the person. I mean, it is just asking for problems down the road if you didn't take your wife's advice yeah. on this. Yeah, that's a, that's a good thought. Um, I think sometimes the average CEO, uh, when they think about hiring, they think of this ever famous example from the Bible of hiring David as the new king. We, hired, we, we, we brought in the lineup, we lined them all up, and we said, none of the above, but there's this other guy, and he's hiding out in the field, wrong clothes, wrong resume, everything's not right about the guy but God wanted him. What about that? Is that just an example that's not for business, or is there something to learn? Uh, first of all, if you were on the search committee, would you have had the courage to select a David? Huh. And one of the things you need to do, even when you're hiring somebody for a secular company, because you have Christian values, is involve God in this. And you want to have a peace from the Holy Spirit that transcends logic. It may be agreeing with logic, but that it transcends logic. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that you should um, be looking for. We also wrote an article on uh, looking for a David. And there are about 15 different points of things that you could look for that somebody hasn't yet experienced that, that you hope the person is going to grow into. So that article is available for anybody that wants it. Yeah, so for those who are watching, just click on the link on the video description and you'll be able to download Searching for David, What to Look for in a Future Leader. And that includes a David checklist that you've put together, which I know will really benefit people. Here's a, here's a little something to whet their appetite. Searching for a David checklist, do they have a high EQ, high emotional quotient? Are they comfortable in the limelight, yet they don't need it? Those are great things that I think we often forget. How about this notion of a tough leader versus a tender-hearted person? Um, I believe that we need to have firmness uh, to know where the boundaries are, the performance standards are, but also that the scripture tells us we should have grace. Hmm. And so there's a fine line of difference between being tender-hearted and tender-headed. Hmm. And so you need to be tender-hearted, but you also need to know when you need to uh, be able to hold to the standards. Uh, when I ask candidates, have you had to fire somebody, tell me about it, 
The ideal response, oh, don't tell candidates this, okay? The ideal response is, well, I really don't fire people. They fire themselves because the process is such that they know if they do it again, they're going to get the ax. And so either they have done it to themselves or they will self-select to leave. But, the, hmm. you know, you do need to be tough-minded at times. Yeah, yeah. But do it in a way that's also tender. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. How about some more of Bruce's favorite interview questions? Uh, it's one that has been around for decades, and that is quick to hire, quick to fire. Uh, don't move so quickly you haven't done your homework because you're hoping to have this person for years and years and years. Uh, secondly... We've probably seen the, the documentary of the fishing trawler that goes out and it pulls up the net and it dumps the catch on the deck. And there's all sorts of fish there and you see them throwing away a lot of them. But in order to end up with a good catch of just the type of fish they're looking for, they had to look at a lot of them. So likewise, you need to look at a lot of potential candidates mm-hmm. and narrow it down so you really do have a choice and not just one. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to to make sure you've done enough work to attract a good quantity of these. Uh, Let me also say that a a big mistake that people make is not getting enough information on a resume. And we've never had somebody give us a resume yet with all the information we really need. I'll give you just a little example. So somebody puts down that they had a job from the year 2000 to 2001. But you don't know if they were there two months or 24 months. Mm And so we like them to add the months to the years of that. And therefore, we can also mm-hmm. see, is there a gap not on the resume between jobs? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was only six months, but it was six months they were in jail. <laughs> so, I mean, there, there's information you need to get enough of in regards to the resume. Um, I talked about having the dinner with a spouse, but yeah. let me also say that you probably don't want to have just one trip or one visit to do an interview, you do that with all the final candidates that you're considering, but you want a second trip for the top one. Mm -hmm. And that's the time that you get the spouses involved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's really an important thing to do. Uh, When you're not in the formal interviewing situation, Mm -hmm. they tend to be more relaxed, and you're trying to see if there's a different personality perhaps coming out now Mm -hmm. that they're relaxed. Mm. What's a question you love to kind of get behind the surface of the candidate, to get past that uh, data, series of data points, to a place of understanding who they really are? What have you done to prepare yourself for this role, or what have you done for self-improvement in the last five years? Hmm. That's really an important one because it's amazing how many people are not strategic and don't do anything. Hmm. Hmm. And when they say they like to read, we'll ask them, what is it they like to read? Mm -hmm. I also like to ask them hobbies that they like. Hmm. Are they solitary hobbies? Are they hobbies that are social? Mm -hmm. Because it'll help you to understand, are they more of a loner, more of an introvert that prefers to be alone, or do they really like mixing it up with a group? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going to solve once and for all the big conundrum in hiring people. Are you ready? Okay. Personality profile tests versus track record. Half the world seems to say you better figure out their Myers-Briggs, their Berkman, their five strengths, their Enneagram, whatever test is your favorite test, that tells everything about a candidate. Or 
their track record tells everything who needs a test. What are your thoughts? I believe that assessment tests can be helpful, but do not over rely on them. Hmm. They tend to paint with hard colors. They don't do pastels. Hmm. They will say, you're like this, rather than saying, sometimes you're like this. Uh-huh. And, and the employer who's doing this hiring sometimes can rely on this assessment test and be ignoring that they didn't do enough 306-degree reference checking mm-hmm. or even ignoring what the references said. But the best predictor of future performance is past performance. Okay. So what they've done in the past is really quite important. Okay. And if you had if you had a favorite assessment tool, what would it be? I think it would probably be strength finders. Okay. Just plain and simple strength finders. Right. Skip all the complex 25-page printout of Myers-Briggs or whatever the case may be. Yeah. What's what makes strength finders stand out for you? I'm I'm a fan myself. In reality, we don't use any of the assessment tools because we found that our methodology and interviewing coupled with the reference checking, mm-hmm. uh, we've had such a track record that was successful that we didn't need them. Mm-hmm. And so any of our clients that want to have an assessment done on the candidate, it's fine with us. Mm-hmm. I, I like strength finders, but the particulars on why is it better than some of the others, I don't know. I, okay. I, I just think it's a good tool. Got it. Well, as we kind of uh, close things up here and we're still talking to people who are doing lots of hiring, how about talk to the guy, the lady, the CEO, the leader who's out there. They've been working on this hire for two months. They've interviewed 20 people. They're sick and tired of interviewing people. And their boss is breathing down their neck saying, you got to fill that slot. What should they do when there's that balance beam between hurry up and fill the slot and wait for the right guy? Um, First of all, I think you need to wait for the right guy or gal, but you need to have been smart about this, and you should not have had to interview 20 people. Mm -hmm. You should have asked them to provide you enough information in a thorough resume, plus I would suggest a questionnaire. Hmm. That the questionnaire would have things like, what attracts you to this opportunity? Of the the strengths and the weaknesses that we've identified in the opportunity profile, what are the areas of weakness that we should be able to support you in? Mm-hmm. See if they're candid with you, and we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe they don't have enough accounting background for the position you're going to have them in, or whatever it could be. But use them providing information as a means to reduce the amount of people that really are finalists and then spend a sufficient time with the finalists rather than trying to do a half an hour interview Mm -hmm. and going through 20 of them. Mm -hmm. Instead, go through four of them, but spend two hours each. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Well, let's talk about Dingman Company for a second. If somebody was doing a senior executive search, maybe somebody's listening uh, it's a search committee at a church. It's a nonprofit. And they say, I just don't have a third of the salary. I can't afford it. Um, we're going to do this ourselves. What would you say to those folks? First of all, we have uh, a lot of resources on our website that could be helpful to you. Secondly, you could give me a call and pro bono, I will give you counsel to help you with your search uh-huh. because it's sort of a ministry for me. I want you to make the right decision and not make a mistake. So don't hesitate in regards to that. Um, 
rather than choosing a search firm who might be less expensive and you may not get the quality you want, be sure you're approaching it the right way because there, there are some significant differences between different recruiters other than just the price. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure you're getting the right one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might be able to do it yourself best, and that's a lot less expensive. Mm-hmm. And what's the website? Dingman.com. There you go. D-I-N-G-M-A-N dot com. And by the way, 90% of our work we do for Christian nonprofits but 10% we do in the business world. Mm-hmm. It okay. used to be 100% in the business world, but over time it's moved that way. Yeah, yeah. Like you like uh, hitting it out of the park for the kingdom some days, I imagine. Yes. So, yeah. And the deferred compensation, you get it in glory. It's That's tremendous. Right. 100x. <laughs> uh, you had one thing that you mentioned to me when we were talking on the phone prior to our time together that I forgot to mention, which is you said um, most companies don't do kind of a value proposition. Is that sort of the the why behind coming to work for our firm? Yes, and, and the why is not just your product or service. It has to do with your culture and your values and where you want to go. Uh, because if you're looking for a key member of your senior management team, you want them to be really on board for the medium to long-term proposition. Mm-hmm. So you need to really examine why mm-hmm. it is somebody would find this right. It's better to even be involved in relocation than to get somebody who might not be right for that medium to long term mm-hmm. stay. So it sounds like, I don't know what the numbers are, but it sounds like something like one, two, or three hours invested in an opportunity profile, not a job description. Correct. And one, two, or three hours invested in an incredible questionnaire about understanding the candidate in writing would save you... 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 hours downstream. So invest up front to do the work, or you're going to spend the time downstream interviewing too many candidates with the wrong qualifications. Is that a fair statement? That's true. But on the questionnaire, it really probably doesn't take you more than a half hour because you could ask me for some samples, and, mm-hmm. and that helps you to, to then shape your own questions, and mm-hmm. so it saves you time. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. I, again, I just view that as ministry. But yes, it does save you time down the road, and you end up with a better quality in the process. Mm-hmm. Well, Bruce, thank you so much for coming in. Is there any other um, most often forgotten or most often mistakes that you would say to people for hiring the right executive for their firm? I would say the, the biggest mistake is that people don't realize you need to reserve a good amount of time to put into this effort. And they try to, to add it on as an extra, like uh, just planning to play golf on an afternoon sometime when you get around to it. And that's not the right way to approach it. You really need to, to do it just like you would do a strategic plan. Mm. Their process is really important to end up with a good end result. Mm. Mm. Thanks. Well, uh, if you have a question for Bruce, you're welcome to go to dingman.com, find his phone number and call. And if you want some further tips on hiring, just click on the link in the video description. So Convene, as you know, is about business performance and eternal perspective. And part of business performance is doing a great job hiring the right person. So Bruce, thanks so much for coming in because I think you've just saved people a lot of time by helping them do hiring properly instead of spending all the time downstream. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you, Greg. It was a pleasure. All right.